Welcome to Way Too Early Wednesday. It is part two of the depth chart series, volume version one, both. I don't know. Do you call them volume or version, Bill? I call them version because vo volume implies there's like multiple, <laughs> multiple items. Multiple. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, I crushed that. Version 1.0. And we are on to uh, the defense today. If you missed the offense that was on the podcast, Stay Away for Tuesday. He's Bill Landis and I am Austin Ward. And I suspect that the conversation with the Silver Bullets probably won't have as many debating points. Not that we had a ton of them even on offense, but there were a couple. Defense seems pretty straightforward, except for maybe our own debate with what the coaching staff should do with a couple pieces on that yeah. side of the football. Yeah. What's it? It's, is it eight starters back? Technically it's like eight, eight and a half really. I think if you include um, Cody Simon, who was basically a starter for you know the back half of the season. So there's not a whole lot of mystery. I, I, yeah. There are some questions, I guess, about where exactly some guys could, could slot in and, perhaps move around but um when i when i do the depth chart projections i i try to steer away from like i think this should happen and uh keep it more like this is the way of the world right now and maybe acknowledge a little bit that things could change so i guess that's what we'll try to do here well we can take both approaches today yeah podcast daily is a little more freewheeling you don't have to just purely advocate for what you want but you can do that and acknowledge that maybe C.J. Hicks will be playing at linebacker when practice starts in March. Yeah, C.J. Hicks is likely to be playing at linebacker in March, and uh, we'll see where he's playing in September um, and, and and where Sonny Styles perhaps is playing uh, in, in September. I think those are, those are the two kind of key guys here when we talk about moving parts. Um, but I guess we start on the front end. We'll start with the defensive line. I guess that makes the most sense, right? Yeah. Um, this yeah, should be really hard. Really there's hard. There's no there's no mystery there. My my projected defensive ends are Jack Sawyer and JT Tuimolowau. Uh oh, okay. and my projected defensive tackles are Tyleek Williams and and Ty Hamilton. The depth piece is interesting. Like I don't like we know who the players are especially at defensive end, but what do those roles look like for Kenyatta Jackson and Caden Curry? I think is an interesting storyline um for this offseason and into the 2024 season and then who emerges as like that third, fourth, fifth defensive tackle is one really important. And two, I think also interesting, but when it comes to the top four, there, there is no mystery. We know who the top four are because they basically returned their starting defensive line from last year. So yeah, we don't have to belabor that point. It's obvious. Mm -hmm. And it's also very, very good for Ohio state that that is the four that they can build around. I think that's when you're talking about proven production, veteran experience, high-end NFL ability, you're not going to find a starting group much better or one that is better than what Ohio State has coming back. If you – like Ty Hamilton, and we talked about this in, in Snap Judgments when he returned, he's the most quote-unquote susceptible to somebody pushing into that rotation, taking some snaps away from him probably. I mean – Tyleek Williams probably would benefit from more rotation and not having to play the volume of snaps that he did a year ago. Yes, I said that out loud and admitted that that maybe some rotation would be good there for the tackles. Who amongst that next group in, because I think we know who the two are and what that rotation would look like on the edge, Where do you? what are you looking for when March rolls around from those guys that are pushing their way in? The the one that I'm most interested in is Taiwan Malone, only because I I thought he might do that last year, and in hindsight, like 
maybe that was probably that was expecting too much um, of a guy coming into a new program and like focusing solely on football and like quasi changing positions, I think from not changing positions, but changing like a style of defense from a three, four to a four, three. So um, that just didn't add up to really to any playing time for him. Um, But he has a recruiting pedigree and now he's going into his fourth year as a college football player. Um, that that I think it should click for him. So I'm I'm looking for him to make a pretty big push this offseason. Um, that's a little bit of a mystery still exactly what that could look like. I think I think we know what it could look like for a guy like Hero Canoe, right? And we and we saw a little bit of it last year and when he played a, a, a handful of meaningful snaps and found himself on the field in some high leverage moments. Um I, I thought he looked comfortable and he's a bigger bodied guy, can take up some of those double teams. I think I think do some of the things that Ty Hamilton does for you, which, you know, again, is, is like the dirty work and unheralded stuff, but but really important stuff. Um, I think Hero can be that guy. And then um, I'm not I'm not going to try not to list every single defensive tackle, but but I do think it's I, I think it's open enough that you you conceivably could. Right. Maybe you're not looking for like Eric Mensa as a true freshman to do much this year, but I think everybody else you expect to take a step forward. So like Kata McDonald. I think needs to be in that conversation. I think Jason Moore needs to be in that conversation. And maybe he has like more of an interior pass rusher compared to the other guys we're talking about. Maybe he can provide you not, not what you're missing with my call because my call was really good, but something along those lines to give you a, a, a pass rushing specialist, so to speak um, in the middle of your defensive line. So I think it's open for, for really anybody, but the, the guy that, is most interesting to me is, is Taiwan Malone because I think there's a lot of reason to be excited about him. Um, but we also don't really have much of an idea of, of what that could look like. Yeah, I, I agree with you and we can set aside the hero canoe conversation for now because everybody watching the podcast daily regularly already knows that I'm the president of that fan club. And if that role goes, like it was already starting to climb to, four or five, eight to 10 snaps to go in there and help against the run. If, if that becomes, you know, the possibility of 12 to 15, that wouldn't surprise me at all. That'd be really good for Ohio state. I do think back that you're right with Taiwan Malone. We thought with the two, you know, open practices, open viewing windows in August, like physically, that was the part that we were going off of like, wow, this guy shows up mature, you know, he's filled out, he's strong. He can move pretty impressively in the drills. Like, Maybe this is going to happen like pretty quickly for him. And there were still people that thought that into the middle of August. And then it just kind of, you know, I'm not really sure what happened. Um, as you said, maybe it was the transition, learning new positions and giving up baseball and focusing on football full time. It just didn't quite connect the way it looked like it could. Um, but the everybody saw the physical tools. You walk out on the field, you pick out Ty- Taiwan Malone, you know that he's got that potential in him to be a game changer for Ohio State. And, and he's also got, that key couple first letters in his name, hmm. which is imperative for Ohio State if you're going to play defensive tackle. And I'm going to call them the triumvirate. Oh. And it's going to be dominant. It's like going it. to be, get ready. So the triumvirate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to Just sell it. Through yeah. I'm going to sell it starting in spring practice. It'll be, I'd, buy, I'd buy one. I'll buy one. Yeah. You got a customer here. Yeah. Like perfect. That. All right. Yeah. That's right. If you can yeah. reach one person, that's, uh, that's the goal out there. So, that's right. That's right. All right. That about covers the defensive line. Again, not a lot of drama, a lot of lot of returning production, still room for all of them to grow. That includes Jack and JT. We talked about that and their decision to return to Ohio State. You want to see more sacks. You want that 
team leading total to be up, you know, past six, but there's never an opportunity quite like what Ohio State has right here. This is, I mean, I don't want to get ahead of it because we're just in January, but it's got all the pieces that it's like 2017 type type depth and production. So we'll see if that does transpire uh, once they get back out there. I want to, man, it feels like the entire back seven is tied together. I I don't even, I don't even know the best way to tackle it, Bill. Well, I think you can get the obvious ones out of the way, right? Like corner, the starting outside corners are Denzel Burke and Davis Nick Benoson. Um, and then maybe maybe Jermaine Matthews can make it so that Denzel and Davison aren't playing every single snap when the game is still in the balance. And but I think he's ready for that. Um, but I still think those two guys are gonna dominate the outside corner snaps. And like not not to jump around and make it confusing, but like Lathan Ransom was gonna play a ton, obviously, as as a returning starter, presumably at the band of position where he's played um the last couple of years. And then it gets a little fuzzy. Um, like you know, you know Jordan Hancock and Sonny Styles are going to play. What's that look like exactly? And then you know that Cody Simon is going to play. I think I, I feel pretty confident now saying that Cody Simon is this team starting like linebacker, right? Until someone tells me different or we see something different with our eyes, I feel like he earned that last year with the way that he played. Um, especially after Tommy was was kind of on the shelf with his injury. I thought Cody stepped up in a major way and played really well. Um, and they probably need like his veteran presence in the, in the middle of that defense. too. he's just like a smart, experienced guy um, who is probably more talented than we give him credit for. And I think has gotten significantly better um, over the last couple of years as well. So, so I, I kind of feel like that spot is solid. So then it's like, will linebacker nickel, what does that look like? Um because I think even free safety, like we would say, it's Malik Hartford's job to lose. I, I would think, unless you know something crazy happens and they have an opportunity to like bring in Caleb Downs. But short of that, I think it's Malik Hartford's job. So that it's Sonny Styles, Jordan Hancock, C.J. Hicks. How do those three coexist? Um, and because there's just still a lot up in the air. Like my my projection is basically what it was last year, like Sonny and Jordan split the nickel spot and CJ's your starting will linebacker to take over for steel chambers. But I, I certainly don't think that's solidified. I, I think the ideal version of this defense finds a way to get all three of those guys playing more often than not, especially Sonny and Jordan who have played and have been productive. Like I think you have to find a way for them to coexist in a world where Leif and ransom is back and, and starting, um, but and it's it's not a bad problem to have, but I do think it's something that Jim Knowles and now Macarary, um, James Laurinaitis kind of all have to get together and, and figure out the best way for this to work. Yeah, it's hard, as we said off the top. Like, I'm not even meaning this as like purely advocation that Sonny Styles needs to play linebacker. We've talked about that. Bobby Carpenter, who is certainly like in the Woody a lot and, and around the weight room and knowing what's going on, like managing you know, Sonny managing his weight and what's going to happen with him. It feels like there's an acknowledgement that's not just us saying, hey, this would be cool and beneficial for Ohio State in our opinion. Like, it does feel like everybody is wrapping their arms around the idea that Sonny needs to play linebacker. And there was a lot more conversation from Jim Knowles and other as dating back to August. And, and he, you know, maybe he'll be more careful with his words. Maybe he won't in the future about unleashing CJ Hicks and doing all these things to get his athleticism on the field. To me, it feels like the best way to do that is incorporating the Jack position. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where all the, like, 
these things blend together. What we think is is potentially the best use of the personnel, I don't think is different than what the coaching staff sees. But Mar like March and figuring out a depth chart in January is is that's going to be hard for them to actually follow through with that, in my opinion, to say, let's do this right now. Now, maybe the way Sonny approaches Matt drills and if he lifts and he doesn't have to like count calories and eat ice cubes at night, like maybe that decision is made because he shows up on the first week of March and he's 255 pounds, in which case he cannot play safety. And then does that mean he's now competing with CJ Hicks? Does that mean, you know, I, I think we can all agree that Cody Simon is going to start at the at the Mike linebacker and anchor this unit. So do they does that be the impetus to move CJ and let him do things that are closer to the line of scrimmage? I don't know. I, I think probably the safe part of version 1.0 is just saying, well, Sonny's probably going to line up at safety. Maybe that means some combination of bandit adjuster flipping with Sonny and Lathan and yeah. and you've reevaluate throughout March. Like that's probably the safe way if we're nailing it down. Is that the way that I think it'll end? I do not think so. I, I think you could, and I've, I've gone back and forth on this a little bit, like project Sonny and Lathan as like the starting deep safeties and like figure it out. Um, maybe that is the safest way to do it now. I think those two compared to Malik Hartford, Malik Hartford has the better skill set to play like the deep middle. Um, I, I think I want, I want Sonny and Lathan closer to the ball. Um, and I think like, you know, I'm I'm just a man with opinions who watches football. I think Sonny Styles' future in football is closer to the line of scrimmage, whether that's an off-ball linebacker or an on-the-ball linebacker. I think C.J. Hicks' future in football is probably like an on-ball linebacker, like a three-four defensive end. Um, whether or not Ohio State embraces that, like I I don't know. They they've struggled to do that. I think with similar style athletes, Byron Browning, I think being the shining or maybe not shining, but be the best example. Of, of that, just like not quite being able to figure out what that is. And, and I think this collection of talent does put an onus on this defensive staff to like figure it out. Even if that means tweaking some of the things you've done traditionally, for example, always playing a four down front, you're not doing yourself, I think, a, a, a service by sticking to that and then, you know, limiting the role of a guy like CJ Hicks or perhaps playing Sonny Styles in a spot that's, that's not the best for him. And I'm not saying like switch to a three down and only play three down. I just think they need to embrace like uh, variability in their offense. Like don't be afraid to mix it up a little bit, get some of these guys on the field and roles that make sense for them. Um, and I think elevate your defense's ceiling by getting guys on the field in positions to make plays on the ball who are like freaky height, weight, speed athletes. And I, I don't know that Ohio state has, has sort of always, always done that. And that's not like they were a very good defense last year. I'm not saying, that they missed an opportunity to do that and then weren't as good as they could have been. It was hard to be better than they were last year. They were, they were really good statistically in a lot of categories and I expect them to be this year. But I think when you are as veteran as they are and returning as many guys as they are, and now you're going into year three in this defensive system, you should embrace the opportunity to try on some new things and maybe play some different personnel packages that, that gets your best 11 on the field more often than not. Um, you know what, whether or not they do that, I'm I'm not sure, but but I think that's kind of where they are when we talk about guys like Sonny and, and and CJ. And maybe I'm totally off base in thinking that's where they're best suited. Um, but I don't think I'm alone in that opinion that Sonny should probably be playing linebacker and CJ should probably be up on the line of scrimmage. Um, 
So whether or not they, you know, we'll see if they arrive at the same point. I think there's some time here to kind of figure out exactly what all that looks like, but that's sort of the biggest question for me with this defense is not so much like finding starters. It's like finding roles, I think for, for guys that maybe need to, to change it up a little bit. Yeah, that's a great point because, you know, I was thinking tie this all together and you said best 11. Well, we we started this defensive depth chart breakdown by talking about all the depth that they have up front, and they got JT back and they got Jack back. That may have, if one of those two guys leave or both, maybe we're having a very different conversation about could CJ uh -huh. Hicks be an answer there? Could is that where Arvell Reese has to be moving forward on a full time basis? So, I have to I have to keep that part in mind as well when I'm talking about some people's opinion, including my own that CJ like, would be very good doing the jack role and playing the position that Jim Knowles used at Oklahoma State and throughout his career really everywhere until he got to Ohio State. I think, man, he's perfectly suited for that. But that's the trade-off they have to consider. Caden Curry's also got a really good motor and needs more snaps and needs to probably be on the field more often if we're talking about finding roles. Mitchell Melton is someone who has been talked about doing that a lot and creating pressure off the edge for Ohio State and doing, you know, some versatile stuff to to confuse defenses. All right, well that's two. If you want to use Kenyatta Jackson, that's another spot where you may not need CJ Hicks to help. So the defensive depth and the amount of options that they have to play with up there and what is clearly a desire from Larry Johnson to use them in a four down front maybe doesn't provide them that opportunity to move CJ Hicks. And that's, that would be fine. If that's like, again, if you look at last season, what, are, what are the results that we're going to argue with? Are, are there players like you and Berm, like talked about this all the time. And, and I think to, to a lot of extent, you're right. Like get these guys experience in games, build that more so that you, you have something more like CJ Hicks is going into year three. We've still barely seen him in, in high leverage snaps, which, you know, that's also tied to practice habits and all the other things. Like, I don't know that we can, really argue with the live meaningful reps that that defense got outside of the second half against Michigan, which again is very important. But if you're looking at the number of bodies and the options at linebacker, he's the truth is he's probably more valuable there than doing what we think might be best with the Baron Browning is this untapped potential position stuff. Yeah. Like that's probably the, the way of the world there. Yeah, that could be the case. I, I think like well, one area where I would like to see the defense take a step forward is is generating more havoc, which we've talked about. And I think the way you do that is by putting more speed on the field. So I, I would I I think like you know keeping an open mind and and having a willingness to be creative with guys like Sonny and CJ could help you unlock some more of that, or even like playing Kenyatta Jackson a little more, or even Mitchell Mel Mitchell Melton like the little bit that he did play, I thought showed some decent pass rushing chops and which just like they're a little bit different than Jack and JT. It's like different flavors of, of defensive end. Not, mm -hmm. not, not one's better than the other, but I think it's nice to have changeups to throw at teams. And I think the best defenses are able to, to do that. Um, not everyone has the luxury that Ohio state has um, of having multifaceted players kind of all over the place. The challenge is finding, you know, the right ways to utilize it and right, right times to utilize it, but um, it shouldn't be a hindrance to you. And And I also think too, like, we're talking about third, fourth, fifth year players. We're not, we're not talking about like, Oh, you got to find a spot for this true freshman to do something. If we were having a similar conversation two years ago, I would probably think to myself like this is, we're talking about too much defense for a team that has too much to learn. 
now you're going into the third year of Jim Knowles, but and and basically everyone here is is you know at at least in their third year of playing college football, if not older. They should be able to handle more. So I, I wouldn't be so nervous ab- about that, especially you know this time of year in, in spring. Maybe you try it in spring. You come out thinking like, no, that's that's too much. They couldn't handle it. We gotta we gotta pare it down some. But um, I would I guess I would say like nothing should be off the table with this defense. Um, and like you're, yeah, the idea is best eleven, but I I think they're going to end up thinking to themselves they have like you know fourteen, fifteen, sixteen guys that can be really impactful for them. And they should be able to find a way to utilize all of it um, in a way that, that keeps their best players on the field in the most meaningful moments, but um, also embraces that depth and embraces that versatility and helps the defense take a step forward. I just bring it up because I, I think that CJ Hicks is the, I don't know, most fascinating, most up in the air player on this defense going in spring. And maybe Ohio State doesn't actually agree with that for the reasons that I laid out before that the need and the urgency to make him a linebacker, a starting linebacker is probably more pressing than let's get creative and use him as a Jack or a defensive end. And and I, I, I understand that. And I just, I've, you and I have brought this idea up three, four five times throughout the last you know month and a half. And, and maybe I want to say that part out loud, not just for people who are listening to the podcast daily, but for myself, because if, if he's out there, Next to Cody Simon in the first practice of March, which I I think he probably will be, like I don't think I should be disappointed by that fact, like or no. fighting or fighting to prove that like I was right and I had this great idea and the coaching staff agreed, like because that I, that probably won't happen. Like I just I want it to be clear because I I have floated that myself a number of times and I do still think that would probably be like the Baron Browning ideal of what he's doing, what he's done at the NFL level that he didn't get to do at Ohio state. But, you know, it doesn't mean that if it doesn't happen, that something's wrong. Like, because also CJ Hicks probably really wants the opportunity to prove himself right at at, at an outside linebacker position. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not going to be upset if CJ's playing will linebacker when we go out to the first spring practice. It's just like, I will be upset, I guess, if, Sonny Styles and Jordan Hancock aren't on the field all the time. Like that, that's that's the trade-off, right? It's I don't I don't want to see a split at the nickel position. I think those two are too good to to share a spot. Um so they got to figure it out. I, I don't I'm not I'm not saying like they have to be on the field every single snap, but I don't I don't want to see a game where like Jordan Hancock plays, you know, 50 snaps and Sonny plays 15 or vice versa, depending on the matchup. I, I think both those guys have skill sets that you should be able to play them against anybody. Um, as long as you're putting and, and you can find spots for them to be successful against anybody. So that's the, that's the challenge here is, is figuring out where all these multi-positional pieces fit or how they fit together. Um, and all the coaches like kind of being on the same page about the best way, best way to do that. And it's not, it's not about Ohio state. Like it's not the difference between like having a good defense and a bad defense. I think this defense like baseline is going to be very, very good. Um, it's just a matter of like ceiling. And I, and I think, you know, I think that the potential is there for this to be one of the best defenses maybe we've ever seen at Ohio State if they embrace some of the stuff we're talking about moving guys around. Yeah, I mean, these are luxury problems. You're talking yeah, about yeah. improving a defense that was top two or three already in the country, but you know, there th- this new world in an expanded playoff and 
an expanded Big Ten and more games, like mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna need to to max out your defense to get through multiple games in a playoff. Like that's yep. you know that's just gonna be that's the reality of this. And I think that it's pro- it's got to be it's got to be encouraging for Ohio State fans for the program to look at this compared to just where they were two years ago, three years ago, and say. The offense doesn't have to go in every single game because that that does get hard. We we see high scoring games in the national championship all the time, but you know, and and really good offenses are hard to stop. But I don't think Ohio State wants to be in 43, 42 games moving forward. And no. they shouldn't be. Yeah, no, they 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 shouldn't be. And I don't think they will be. But to your to your point about the changing Big Ten, they're all like different styles of offense are coming to the Big Ten too. Like Ohio State could expect every year prior to this coming season to like play half their games in a phone booth with the way that the big 10 <laughs> offenses um, just, just sort of operate in some years more than that, but that's not going to be the case with Washington and Oregon and UCLA and, and USC. So I think there's going to be, there, there are four teams bringing better and more athletic offenses to the conference. And like Ohio state is well positioned to defend that. Um, but I do think it will require, um, some some adaptation on their part um, when they're facing those offenses that you're just not used to seeing on a week-in and week-out basis in the Big Ten. All right. Well, that's version 1.0. Looking at the defense, covered both sides of the football. I don't think we need to do special teams in January, do we, Bill? No. No, not, no, not yet. Maybe, I don't, maybe, maybe later in the year when we're starving for content. We can yeah. Yeah. I don't... I don't know that that's a full episode of the podcast daily in January, so we'll spare you from that. We covered both sides of the football. Uh, obviously, we got a couple more episodes to go as the week goes on. We'll try and get Burn back out here for some more recruiting information because I'm ultimately heading to Disney World at the end of the week. But there could be some other things for us to discuss as the coaching staff uh, moves continue to go on behind the scenes and Ryan Day looks for an offensive coordinator and maybe there will be, I don't know, a press conference for another position in the Ohio State Athletic Department in the days ahead. Who knows? Anything could happen. Whatever whatever does, we'll break it down for you on the podcast. Uh, thanks for joining us on this way too early Wednesday. For Bill Andis, I'm Austin Ward. We'll talk to you later.